Yeah, it did. Hey, man. We're live. Hey, buddy. Happy early yeah, Thursday. Yeah, happy early Thursday, Graham. Uh, we are We are Dog Sports Live coming to you with our SEC Championship game preview. Uh, my partner is there from the Best Western Clus in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, Damn Graham, right. Dog Out West uh, on the Twitter. <laughs> I am Josh, uh, also known as Dog Stats on the Twitter. Graham. 12 and 0, man. Yes, sir. 12 and 0 with a shot at redemption, man. Um, I mean, I, it's it's redemption, right? Like, that's what that's what this is, I would think. Would you agree with that? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that narrative just a little bit, just because we've talked about how this Please. team is this team is different. This team doesn't have ghosts or things that it's scared of. This team has been on a mission. It doesn't feel the pressures of 2017 or even 2018 or 1980 or any of those things, this team, you know, there are some players, I think maybe a couple that were on the 2018 team, but um, like we've said all year long, you can believe in this team. This, this, and so I, I think it's redemption clearly for the fans, the fan base, but I think this team is out there to win it for themselves and also for dog nation. That's my thoughts. I think that's, I think that's, well put and well said. Um, yeah, it's it's been tough this week trying to like differentiate between what's uh, what's narrative, what's real. Uh, I mean, there's definitely a storyline here. These guys, like they they know what this game means, and I, the reason I say that is just because I think this team, probably more than any Georgia team in my lifetime, is like kind of tuned into the psyche of this fan base in a pretty real way and 10 it seems like a lot of these guys know you know that it's been 41 years and that Georgia fans have seen some heartbreak in those 41 years and and I think they want to deliver and I think that this is a a big step in delivering that um we're I don't know how many times I'm sure there's been number ones in the playoff rankings from the beginning to the end but we do have a chance to go uh you know not from the AP poll or coaches poll, but certainly the, the playoff committee rankings take it all the way home, which would be cool. I think that the defense as we've well documented and everyone in the country realizes how special this defense is, um, is definitely the, the unit that gets the most attention. Uh, but with that, we're going to look at the offense, right? We're going to start off on the offense. And, yes, sir. Uh, and so Georgia's, um, th- Actually, I think if you look at the national metrics from CFB stats, it's going to show you 6.9. These are my play-by-play data scrapes things. So it's got it's got a little different way to calculate it. But 6, 6.9, 7.1, whatever it is, it's good. This is one of our better offenses that we've had. Uh, 50.3% 50. success rate and a 0.321 EPA. And that 1.244 explosiveness is probably the only offensive metric that's not, uh, you know, really really great <laughs> but um what what are you you know we've talked about the offense a lot graham mm-hmm. how do you feel about it where we are as a team oh i think like what you saw from georgia uh against georgia tech last saturday was exactly what you wanted to see from this team if you're a georgia fan um the in- the interior run game still remains kind of so-so and I don't, I don't think that's changing at this point in the season but like Stetson Bennett looked as good as he's ever looked in my personal opinion. Uh, he came out hot and 
I think in his first 12 attempts, he completed passes to 10 different receivers. They were, you know, those 10 completions were, they were over 200 yards and they had a couple touchdowns. Like they were clicking and it felt like one of those things where Todd Mockin was laying stuff on tape for Alabama where it's like, all right, you want to take something away? Go ahead. What do you want to take away? What do you want to leave open? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of, you know, I've, I'm going to have some scrolling stats here that, you know, Stetson Bennett pure yardage is near the bottom of the SEC, but they've been extremely efficient. You know, that 53, 50.3% success rate. One of the, I put out a, you know, a post on dog sports this week, sort of talked about the explosive plays, which are really just, if you think of explosive plays as how good are your successful plays, Georgia is right there with, with Ohio state and Alabama in terms of the successful plays leading to points. And that's just the ultimate efficiency, you know, that you can decide you don't waste those plays. They're not garbage plays. They put actual points on the board. Um, and, uh, you know, they're average actually a little better than Alabama's, you know, Alabama's actually been trending down as their, their schedule is a little backloaded with tougher teams. Um, and, you know, for every successful play Georgia has, um, it's putting 1.3 points on the board. So that's, that's all wild. you, that's, that's, and, you know, on the flip side, the Alabama defense is allowed 0.8. So it's like, you know, if we can, you know, get to even to their point, to their point of, the, of, of a successful play from point, we'll be putting points on the board, no matter how good this defense that Alabama's trotting out there because this offense is getting it done. Yeah, for sure. No. Um, and I mean, I think that like the notion that I wanted to spell a little bit because back to that dirty, inward narrative that we were using talking about a minute ago like there's this idea that Alabama it's Alabama's passing offense versus the Georgia defense and that's what this game is and it, and that's not the case like Alabama's passing yards per play as you have documented is 9.3 Georgia's passing yards per play is 9.5 um Stetson Bennett is actually a more accurate passer on throws 20 plus yards down the field than Bryce Young is. And so, and, and, a, and a greater percentage of his attempts come 20 plus yards down the field than Bryce Young's. So I, I think like on the whole, the totality of this thing is Georgia is a, a very, very good passing offense in its own right. And um, there's, there's a lot that you have to do to stop Georgia on offense. Uh, just like there's a lot that you got to do to stop Alabama on offense. But like this, this idea that this game is just kind of these two units playing against each other, I think is a, a big, big wrong, wrong narrative. Well, False one of the things, we, whatever you want to call it. One of the things we, you know, we, we had a great debate early on in the season, you know, especially when it looked like where Stetson Bennett was going to be the quarterback for at the time, uh, a few starts now he's one of the arguably one of the best quarterbacks efficiency wise in the country but you know going to that Auburn game I was a little worried about going into our first you know true road game um, I wrote a piece about how the explosiveness needed to improve and it absolutely has Georgia's offense has actually been trending up the entire season which is completely different from last year um, and it, I've got the passing offense versus the passing defense for Alabama and that 1.738 explosiveness again Think of the explosives as actually plays that put points on the board. And if you're telling me every time we had a successful pass play and we're having 50% of them, we're averaging, you know, probably, you know, it's actually putting points on the board. So when you see these big plays, they, Georgia is able to string them together. 
and put points on the board. And even against a tough defense, you know, if we're not putting points on the board with them, you know, you're going to be winning field position battles, which is, as we know, in a tight game, which is probably be a close game is super critical. All right. All right. Enough yakking. You want me to queue up some plays here? Let's do it. Um, Yeah. So looking at Alabama. Yeah, I do. So the Alabama front, um, or I'm sorry, if you play Alabama soft, oh, wait, we're looking at Alabama's defense. I'm sorry. We're good. The Alabama front does not have a game breaker on it like in years past. There is no Jordan Davis. There's no Jalen Carter. There's not a Trevon Walker. There's none of those guys on the Alabama front. And that means these linebackers have to take on blockers and make decisions on where to attack the run. And they don't do a very good job of it. Um, I'm not – is this the second play right here that you're playing right now? Uh, This is the second play now. Okay. So, yeah, like it should be mentioned that Arkansas – in this game, they struggled at right guard at times, as you can see there, which Georgia has this year as well. So, like, if you let these guys cross your face, bad things can happen. But there's not a Quinnen Williams or, you know, some of these guys that you've seen in the past on Alabama's defensive line. And I think that hurts their linebackers a lot. Like, what raises a bit of a red flag for me is that Arkansas was able to throw – as you're going to see right here on obvious passing downs versus Alabama, uh, Henry Toto, you know, he, he gets picked on a lot in the passing game. And I think Bama's linebackers across the board, they're not good in pass coverage. And so that like, there's things that they don't do very well. One of them is that with, with uh, Toto, like there you see, they put him in conflict and he chooses wrong. And you're going to see Burks, you know, he decides to rush the passer, leaves Burks. Burks is able to, to go make a play. So I think if you're an offensive coordinator, if you're Todd Monken, uh, you want to go and force him to make decisions. Um, Will Anderson is a great pass rusher, but you can control him at times by letting him rush up field. Um, like a mobile guy like Bennett will have plenty of chances to break, contain, and make throws downfield. But the, the big thing that I see that Georgia can take advantage of is, is – a, this guy right here, number 28, Josh Job. Um, Alabama's defenders aren't that good in coverage. There's not a true lockdown corner on this team. And a lot of teams have spent the year hunting Job. And Arkansas did it. They targeted him four times in that game. They had four receptions for 149 yards throwing on Josh Job. And so on the season, he's given up 70.8% reception percentage when targeted. And he's given up 14.2 yards a catch. So, I mean, he's a, he's one of the boundary corners, man. Like, you know, he's matched up on somebody every play in the past game. He's not like a linebacker where it's like you've got to kind of tinker to get him matched up. Like, you can go at this guy over and over and over. Um, Jalen Armour Davis is the other DP, DB, and he is much better. Um, yeah, just got some stats up here. Um you know, Josh Job is at sixty-six point two on the on the, P, the pass grade there, and you're you're talking about Davis right there is eighty-two point two. Um, you know, you know, Job has given up fourteen yards uh, per catch, as opposed to your boy Davis that you're about to talk about is ten point five. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, there you can throw on these guys. You can see that you know, battle battle is really the only you know standout there PFF grade wise. So I do think you're you know that. 
we're going to have some some success, even though this defense as a total as a whole is pretty good against the as, against the pass. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I really like how Georgia matches up against the secondary. Um, like, if you want to go back into the the plays, um, like Malachi Moore is one of their safeties, and he's a good player, but he doesn't doesn't perform great in man coverage. Um, like you're going to see Arkansas go after him here, and I think a, a guy like Bowers or Cook can take advantage of a, of a matchup like that. Um, uh, like this is the type of situation where you force him to tackle in space against a big physical pass catcher. Uh, and, and you're going to see some success. Toto, we remember him from Tennessee. He's their, their inside linebacker, him and Christian Harris. He's a thumper, but you see right there, like he doesn't have great lateral quickness in the hole. He makes this play, but he, kind of misses this run fit and you see this a lot these these linebackers aren't always super timely with their run fits and i think a guy like cook like that that play right there may turn into a big gain down the field um christian harris the other linebacker he gets lost in coverage quite a bit as well uh if you can give your quarterback uh time like you're going to be here's able a, to, to. Here's Christian Harris's play. play. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. Uh, but yeah, if you can give your quarterback enough time for intricate routes to develop, the secondary is prone to busts. Um, yeah, that's that's Harris. But like, if if you see right here, I think this play is the play where. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Um, oh, is... Yeah, that's that's Toto again. Um, there we go. Here's 91 there. Yeah, so you see Job and Moore, they're going to bump into each other, and this is easy. But Josh Job again, is at the very top of the screen. If you look right off the snap, he gets beat right there. It's over. And he bumps into Malachi Moore, which neither of them should have ever let happen. But, like, this is this is easy pickings, and there's a ton of separation there. And, like, that's that's not – if I'm not mistaken, that is not, I believe, Traylon Burks making that play. Like, that is another one of Arkansas's wide receivers. Yeah, it is. So, it, this isn't like you're, you know, an All-American that's that's beating him off the line here. And I think that, like, I was chatting with Chris Marler uh, at one point last week, and, like, he was kind of saying the same thing about their secondary as an Alabama fan. Like, if – if you can keep things simple and just let them play things straight up, then yeah, they can do a pretty decent job. But if you have some wheel routes involved, if you have some guys that are in kind of some rub variations and, and guys that are bumping off each other, you're going to have some success. And I think that Georgia's offensive line has been good enough to create four and five seconds. And Monken is good enough at rolling the pocket to, let Stetson Bennett get away from Will Anderson and create some of these scenarios where Georgia can do some more intricate things with their routes and confuse these guys in zone coverage and in man coverage. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, you know, as you know, Alabama's put up some, you know, some good numbers They're they're allowing just, you know, 39% success rate versus the pass. So if you look at these sec stat concepts, you're not going to see a lot of areas where it looks like they're, they're, 
line up really good with some of the things that Georgia wants to do, that flood variation, which talked about a bunch uh, that Georgia likes to run and Monk and likes to call is pretty, pretty well defended. And they've got a negative EPA on there. Clearly they pick one or two of those off for a, a pick six or something like that. But we talked about mm-hmm. the flood variation against Tennessee and, and, and we didn't call many of them. Monken had something else up his sleeve. So, um, you know, they, they ran some, they ran some screens and they, you know, like we've talked about, even going last year with me, you and Nathan on the battle hymn that we talked that Munkin's going to find the plays that will, you know, that, that will, you know, put the defense at stress and, and get his guys open. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, I think, um, you know, Will Anderson is obviously kind of the the game breaker. And if you hesitate or have bad pockets awareness, you're, you're going to get sacked. But as far as Munkin goes, like this dude is playing with a full deck right now. Um, Pickens is back reportedly has taken a lot of snaps this week. Um, hold on. Let's not roll these quite yet. No, no, this but, is that, this is that, uh, iron, that last play on this, that, Oh, oh yeah the will anderson play yeah 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 Yeah. sorry um yeah and i mean i think will anderson right like let's not understate the importance of figuring out a plan for him in this game because um you know there he's he's coming on a stunt to the inside and and like just kind of creating havoc and getting in there and by having to account for him a lot of times you can make mistakes against other other rushers that that alabama is bringing because you're trying to focus on him instead but I think that, you know, we saw Georgia kind of have some trouble early against Florida with some of their pass rushers who athletically speaking, I would say are probably the closest thing that Georgia's seen to Will Anderson to this point, but then they settled down and things got, got rolling. Um, I think Darnell Washington is a huge asset in dealing with, with Anderson. Like, I think you can line him up as an H back. You can line him up as an inline tight end to help chip you can do a lot of things with him to sort of slow Anderson. But again, going back to Monken, like if Monken needs to, to roll the pocket with Stetson Bennett, well, well, great. Stetson Bennett's very, very comfortable throwing on the move. You know, like there's a lot of answers out there to some of these questions that the Alabama defense poses. That's not what I wanted. Sorry. I had the passing block here, passing grades here. Yeah, you're talking about Darnell Washington. He's one of our past best, you know, blockers. Um, and you know, his passing block grades sixty point sixty three point four. But I mean, he's critical in the run game. And, you know, he's actually our highest run grade blocker we have on our O line. Um, so you know, I know he's been asked to do a lot. You know, I think we thought of him as a as you know a guy that was going to stretch defense, but he's been you know, blocking and doing what he's asked to be done to get it done this year, because I don't know where we'd be actually from that offensive line and some of these run block, uh, some of these runs that we trying to run without, you know, him committing to being a good blocker. No, absolutely. I'm in agreement with you there. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think like if you look at, like you've seen a lot more explosive run plays happen, I think since he came back into the lineup and um, some of the, some of the things that they've been able to do in the screen game lately, um, you know, that that toss sweep to Kenny McIntosh last week against Georgia Tech, like a lot of those plays are being sprung open by Darnell. I mean, just looking at this, this, this O-line blocking grades and stuff, you can just see how much better they are as a unit on the passing versus the run, which is what we've seen all, you know, it's the same thing our eyes are seeing too. Everyone wants to dog PFF sometimes. 
but I think, you know, it's just putting a number on what we see, you know, every, every week that, you know, we need to be better running the ball, but I think Georgia could end up throwing it 40, 40 times a game, 40 times this game. So, uh, well, yeah, I do. I, mean, I just think, you know, why run, you know, if, if they're good at running, they're stopping the run, you know, we got to do something else. And we've got plenty of guys that can catch the ball. It, it, it may be some quick, some screens, some short passes, some slants to yeah. go, go against those linebackers. But I just don't think they're going to try to do inside zone just to, for the sake of it. I hope not. I mean, I'm sure they'll run it a couple times, but um, you know, you never know, man. I, I think like, that's the thing. Despite all of the stuff that we look at and the things that we think we know, there's also, um, there's the game that goes and gets played. And I mean, like that Arkansas game that Georgia played earlier this year, that Arkansas front was, you know, very, very good against the run against everybody they had played and they were very disruptive and Georgia went out there and just pushed for four quarters and it was nothing sexy, but they were, they were pushing them off the ball and getting five and six yards on a consistent basis. And that was good enough to go win that game. So, I mean, I think a lot of it will depend on game state, but I don't know that you want to like. Well, we'll get into that later. Never mind. <laughs> uh, here's the Alabama offense: uh, six point six yards per play, forty-seven uh, percent success rate, almost forty-eight percent. I mean, this is. I mean, I, I've said this to you. I've said it to the guys on Locked On. It feels like the teams. If you just took the stickers off the helmet, they're they're flipped. This is, I mean, they're very, they're very close teams. And I, but Georgia is better on defense, clearly, and better on offense. And I think that if, if it were Alabama coming in with Georgia's numbers, we'd be expecting, I don't think the number would be, number would be six and a half, in fact. Um, that explosiveness, I, guess, is, I agree. Yeah. That overall explosiveness right there is 1.36. Again, going back to those points, I told you that they're actually putting up 1.2 per successful play. So they're actually, even though it's a good explosive number, they're actually not as explosive as certainly as 2020 Alabama. So they need more plays to string together uh, to score than you think. And Georgia is absolutely maximizing their defense on that. They're, I mean, I've talked about it on dog sports that their defense is allowing 19 successful plays a game. It averages out to 0.35 points on the scoreboard for each of those successful plays. So you've got to put a lot of plays together to score on this defense and that that number that 0.35 is almost a quarter point better than the second best team and that's penn state so um it's it i mean like you know it's you know, we've talked everyone's talking about how good that defense but it just shows you those numbers that's what they mean it's like it's hard to score on them you have to put multiple plays together and georgia is right. so so well just so disciplined and coached so well that you know even as good as alabama is i think it's it's gonna be tough for alabama to score on us I agree. Um, yeah. So, do you want to get into yeah their sure. offense a little bit? So, if you play Alabama soft and don't rush the passer, you're going to get picked apart. Period. Um, Arkansas played a lot of these soft zones, and, and Georgia's played a lot more zone this year than they have in years past. But um, it it created you know easy completions. Uh, Bryce Young is good. And if you don't get your head turned around, especially on the boundaries, you can get in trouble. Paging Keely Ringo. Um, that worries me a little bit in this game, their ability to do some of those types of throws on the sidelines. Um, 
particularly against Ringo. He just hasn't quite gotten to where he's super comfortable turning his head around in those situations yet. Um, again, like he, they love finding gaps in the zones. There you see Bryce finding Jameson Williams. Um, Williams is the game breaker. Like he's got four two speed that can take uh, a slant and go with it. He's a mismatch, and if you lose track of him, he can make you pay quickly because you're going to see right here he will hit top end speed and just a couple of strides, and all of a sudden he's gone. Now Georgia has a lot better team speed on defense than Arkansas, but still, uh, he can go. And so I I think that Kendrick and Ringo are better corners than what. Williams has faced most of the year. And I think that Georgia's pass rush should help mitigate the amount of deep routes that Alabama can run. Um, McCreary. Sorry. And we're on, no, you're good. this we're is, we're on uh, Yep. clip 10. Clip 10. Okay. Yep. Um, from the iron bowl. Clip 10 from the iron bowl and that clip 10 there. I'm sorry. That's confusing. It was the fifth play in the sequence. Right there. Yeah. So you saw last week, Auburn kind of manned up on, on them. They played tighter press coverage and they just, they made Bryce young be perfect down the field. Like they forced him to throw really good balls into the boundary and it didn't work. Right. Um, McCreary did a good job. Uh, Iron Bowl 20. I don't know if I got Iron Bowl 20. Okay. Um, uh, all right. That was, uh, Iron, that was Iron Bowl 20. I did not have Iron Bowl 10. So here's Iron Bowl 20. Gotcha. Either way. So Roger McCreary, he'll play defensive back probably in the NFL. Um, but like he did a good job on these guys. And you could tell that Young wasn't used to throwing in these small windows downfield. Right. Um, and I think with tight coverage, it's a different ball game and he's not as accurate. And the reason that McCreary could play tight coverage is because he knew he had safety help over the top. You see smoke Monday coming into your screen and he wasn't afraid of what would happen if, if Williams does beat him off the line off of some tight press coverage. So Georgia will be able to do that, right? Like Georgia can play, uh, two high safeties all day if they want to, um, the Bama right tackle, you got the right play. You're in the right spot is Damian George jr. And he is not very good. Um, he got beat against Auburn a ton and Arkansas was able to sack Bryce young on three man rushes because of him. Uh, where are we right now? I've got Al uh, Arkansas 23 clip, which is okay. 0.8. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, so I, I don't think that Alabama can run on Georgia in obvious short yardage situations. The blocking just isn't good and they're susceptible to getting knocked back in the interior of the line. Um, you see it there, like even with Brian Robinson healthy, I don't think they were capable of running on Georgia with him out of the lineup. I think they're, they're going to have to abandon the run game for the most part, but Georgia needs to be aware of that. I think that's dangerous to go into the game. Like, not worried about them running at all. Um, but yeah, man, I mean this, like you see this offensive line here. Um, they just, they get beat off the ball a lot in run situations and pass situations. They're just not that good. And I think that they haven't seen anything like 
what Georgia has on the defensive front uh, because there's nothing else like it in college football. Um, yeah, I mean, Saban was, Saban was talking about he's one of the best interior linemen he's ever seen in college. Right. So, I mean, like, even if you go straight man on the back end, like that play that we just showed, um, like, if you want to bring the house on Bryce Young and dare dare someone to get open before you you get home on him, you, you it's it's not a bad gamble to take because you see right there like you're probably going to force him to throw something off his back foot and he's probably going to be backpedaling and um you have a good chance at maybe forcing himself like forcing him into a, a bad decision uh the other wide receiver oh i'm sorry nope it's okay just finishing that one up uh, iron ball six i hopefully can find there it is it's a little out of order but we're gonna find him there we go you got it. Yeah, you got it. So the other wide receiver you got to stop against Bama is John Mechie. Um, McCreary Rhett matched up on him a lot as well and was able uh, to, to really hold him down for most of the game. And then in that final stretch, he finally was able to get loose and make some plays. But, like, Mechie is good. He's not special like Williams. He doesn't have that, that crazy high-end speed. Um, you got to watch out for him. You got to have a plan for him. But he's not, you know – uh, a four-two guy that's just gonna like make everyone on the field look slow if you let him into open space. Um, but yeah, you saw right there. Like if you give him inside leverage with no help in the middle, he'll he'll beat you all day. Um, ultimately, okay. though, the reason why Bama struggled to move the ball against Auburn was that that Auburn front four got pressure over and over, and you see you know, on some of these clips going back and looking at this game, there's some Alabama receivers that are breaking wide open downfield, but Bryce Young can't throw if he's staring at the defense and he can't throw if he's rolling left and getting chased as a right-hander. Like that's, you know, that's how you hold this thing down. Um, so that's I mean, kind of the scouting report from my eyes. Um Everyone's talking, you know, in Georgia Twitter about, you know, the the pressure that the Auburn D-line got on Bryce Young, and we're drooling at what Georgia brings to the table with Jalen Carter and Devonta Wyatt and, and of course, big man, Breadman uh, 99 there. And uh, it's like, yeah, it's it's tempting to just know that we can put pressure on him, but you've got to finish it. you got to, you know, you can't. You know, Ringo, like you said, and Kendrick are going to have to hold their guys down, you know, because the play is not over until he's on the ground. And that's where that kind of quarterback can beat you. And that's where it's going to take to beat this Georgia defense is, you know, possibly a broken play. And they just, I mean, I haven't seen that out of this Georgia team. They were so well coached and disciplined that, but, uh, you know, you and I have been talking for a couple of weeks. It's like, it's about pressure on Bryce. And that's what, that's going to be really that's the only place I can see, you know, us getting beat decidedly is if we can't get him down on the ground. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, like, I think there's some other, you know, like I thought he struggled against uh, Auburn because he had to throw the ball outside the numbers downfield and he just wasn't left with like these big windows on intermediate routes for his guys to just like do damage after the catch. But as a quarterback, I know we've talked about this, but I mean, he's, he's still, I think, uh, highest in the sec in terms of 
amount of time on average from snap to throw. And so he is not a guy that like, he's still, he's still an 18 year old freshman. He's got all the talent in the world, but like he has to see, he has to see his guy open before he's going to throw it. Like there's not a, a throw there for him where you see him anticipating a window between cover two and throwing it until, and then all of a sudden his receiver is, is there breaking open. It's like he sees the receiver break open and then he throws the ball to that open receiver. So, yeah, I don't, and I don't know if this, if, if these stats, you know, are necessarily coincide with what you're saying, because you're, you're hundred percent right. But, you know, we look at it, Mechie and Williams and they're, you know, almost let's see 50, 1600 yards receiving and that's it. I mean, like Bolden Robinson, you know, Latu and Billingsley are, you know, well under, you know, the highest one there is Robinson coming out of the backfield at 200, 200 and yards. He's not going to play. And yeah. he's not going to play. So, I mean, this is, you know, it's a top heavy receiving core. And, totally. you know, and, and if you don't know where, if you know where the weapons are and you know where they're going to go to and target, I mean, that that's, I don't know, it's, it's not predictable or one dimensional, but certainly, you know, these are the guys that you're going to, that, that he's going to look for. And that, you know, maybe he doesn't, you know, because he's his first year starting, maybe he doesn't find those guys that might be open or maybe that offensive line's not giving him enough time to get to that, those reads. And if we can, you know, play well against these two top receivers, we can possibly control that explosive offense that they got. Well, yeah. I mean, like, and he's not that accurate outside the numbers downfield. Um, he's three of 11 for 89 yards on the season to ball on balls that are 20 plus yards downfield outside the numbers on the left side. Um, he's nine of 23 on the outside, right? Like he's, he's a good quarterback, but the key for Georgia in this game, in my opinion, is to take Williams and Mechie and force them to the boundary with your two high safeties and make Bryce young. Like if he can hit perfect throws, 30 and 40 yards downfield, and fit them between a defensive back and a safety that's coming over, and he can do that all day, then you tip your cap to him and say, great job, kid. You know, you, you deserve to win the game. But I don't think he can. I mean, there's not there's not many people walking on earth that can do that all day over, over first of all. Uh, second of all, I think if you clog the middle with some of these zone looks and – you make him see small windows or you confuse him by dropping athletic linebackers and linemen like Trevon Walker into coverage that, that, that freaks him out. Like when it's not vanilla and it's not easy to read, he starts panicking a little bit and then he starts looking at your pass rush and then his eyes are not downfield. And all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's getting sacked or, He's not even, you know, he's just looking to run and scramble around, and and that's a win with Georgia's team speed on defense. So, yeah, I mean, I do you want to start moving into the well, yeah other section? We, we'll get into the predictions here and look at some of what Georgia does well on offense and defense. But again, this is just a little different. I'm telling you, this looks like a Georgia team. It's a, a Georgia offense. You know, it runs through Bryce. He's got two receivers that are excellent receivers, but not a lot of depth there and in, in, in production. And Brian Robinson is their number one running back who likely is not going to play. But behind him, they just, you know, even in SEC play, their running backs are averaging 4.2 yards per carry. It just just feels like – I don't feel like this looks like a Georgia offense. 
I'm talking about Georgia offense, 2012, 2013, 2015, you know, like where it's just, where we're just, you know, we've, we've won the games we're supposed to win. We, you know, we score points when we need to score points. We, you know, just, but not a complete team. That's what I mean. It was like a really good team, but not a complete team. And you were facing a complete team on the other side of the ball. It just feels like Georgia has got the more complete team, I guess is my point. Oh, I agree with that for sure. This is the first time these two teams have played since 2007 where Georgia has the better team straight up. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just got to get done. Uh, all right. So moving into uh, the, our last section here where we got some Georgia plays you want to look at. Yeah. So uh, this is, you know, I was kind of just talking a minute ago about forcing, forcing these receivers to the boundaries and all that. And that works great. Unless you panic like Kelly, Kelly Ringo ha- is the fastest dude on the team. Uh, he's got recovery speed for days. There's never any reason why he needs to tackle a wide receiver, but he does so there. Um, so, you know, I think that is something to watch in this game. Um, I think talking about young, he's a talented quarterback with impressive stats, but like we were talking about, he's got to see it before it's open. But I worry about that slot corner matchup, especially if Chris Smith can't go Latavius Bernie at star. He's been hunted all year by everybody. Uh, Tennessee targeted him five times for five catches on the first three drives of the game. Auburn targeted him 12 times. Um, Charleston Southern targeted him, for God's sake. Like, that is the only kind of spot where people have said, I can go and get this guy. So, I I think that, like, that's the the area that I'm concerned about. Uh, If Christopher Smith is not healthy – um and and Bernie struggles do you bring William Poole in what does that look like I'm not sure um but that's a matchup that I think that if Bill O'Brien is smart like he could go after and and that could create big headaches for Georgia and I think that's the area where I could see Alabama moving the ball on Georgia with consistency um there's also the contain to worry about for Georgia uh if you want to play this um Adam Anderson isn't there and like Robert Beal Jr. was struggling to keep contain on Hidden Hooker the last time we saw him in a big game situation. Uh, you're going to see right here, he kind of collapses too early and, and Hooker's able to get outside for a first down and, and, you know, 12, 15 yard gain on third and five. That can't happen. So the, the flip side of that is that Nolan Smith has struggled to set edges at at times, uh, Tennessee clip six. Uh, Tennessee clip six. Oh boy, hope I have it. Tennessee clip six may not have made it in here. I don't know how I didn't. Sorry, bud. I don't have six. It's okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think that like Nolan will struggle to set edges as well. And simply put, Georgia needs to keep Bryce Young in the pocket. If they don't, they need to flush him left. So, uh, the good news is that, like, if Beal isn't able to set the edges on standard and passing downs or Nolan Smith is struggling, you bring in all three of your inside linebackers and you take turns letting Nakobe and Channing Tindall unleash from that right edge. And you put Trayvon Walker on that left edge and have him flush Bryce Young in the direction of of Dean and Tyndall, who are over on that right edge. And I think that's your solution 
that's what you got to do. Um, but that those are kind of the areas that concern me in this game for Georgia is that slot corner and keeping those edges intact. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when you're facing that mobile quarterback and, you know, we're not lacking health at that, you know, the edge rusher, but, you know, everything, everyone knows where Adam and why Adam's not with the team. Um, and that moves people around. You know, we talk about Monken calling a good game. You know, I have the utmost faith and trust in Kirby and, and Lanning to call a good defensive game as well. I mean, you know, the defense is uh, even with not as good a team has has pushed Bama around, and you know, for sadly just three quarters <laughs> for a lot of those games. So um, I hope Christopher Smith is there because that too high safety, he's one of them, right? And with, this is, you know, he's played um, one of the reasons we're twelve and zero is because of his play in, in the Clemson game. So, um, have, oh yeah, have you heard? Like I keep saying, he's practicing. He's and he could play here. He could play there. I mean, I, I think he's. If he he must he not be healthy at all if he's not going to play in this game. Have you heard anything on that? I haven't heard I haven't heard he's not playing in this game. Um, yeah, I mean I, I don't have any inside intel or anything like that. Uh, I mean I've read the same practice reports that everyone else has. Um, I just don't know, you know. And I mean not knowing is what scares me. So. Now, backing up just a little bit, you know, we're doing okay on time here before we get into the offense. But if Chris, does, where does Breeny go if Christmas is on the field? Is is he is, goes to the bench? He goes to the bench. Okay, all right. And I mean, well, in this, I think if Christopher Smith is on the field and Georgia is playing the same package that they played against Tennessee, then Breeny goes to the bench. Christopher Smith comes down to star. Dan Jackson goes to free safety. Dan Jackson, yeah. And he is – Dan Jackson's kind of had a great year, dude. Uh, it would be very, like, emblematic of this Georgia team for, like, Dan Jackson to, like, pick a ball on Saturday. Um, it would just kind of sum up sort of what what this team has been in a lot of ways. Yeah, I was trying to pull – there it is. Just the – um, here's our, here's our, some of our coverage grades and I've got the, uh, the linebackers hi- highlighted there because they are ab- damn good. They're <laughs> incredible. I mean, the Dean was PFF player of the year, 90.8% coverage grade. Uh, he's got two pass breakups and two INTs and averaging 4.4 yards per carry that the Alabama linebackers by a flip. I mean, uh, toe toe is like 9.6 yards per carry, uh, uh, per catch. And I mean, that's, that's a lot for a linebacker. That's, you know, going to be challenged, you know, within five yards of line of scrimmage. I mean, he's not wrapping yeah. guys up. Uh, but you know, even Channing Tindall, we've, you know, he just has been sort of the unsung hero. Uh, you know, we've, a lot of people are singing his praises, but he came out of nowhere. Um, and he's getting a PFF grade of 82.7. Um, and allowing just 5.6 yards per catch. And, uh, and Dan Jackson, there he is 75.3 um and just 5.7 yards per catch and uh on a lot of plays and uh it's it's the the secondary and the the past defense has just been so damn good this year yeah no it has um i mean i think that's like when people ask me like well why is george's defense so good um yeah it's the pass rush and all that stuff that's great the front four is great but the reality is the the ability of the linebackers to do everything on the field is what makes Georgia's defense so much different than your average college defense. All right. Back to the plays. 
right, where, yeah, are we so on, where are we on your sheet? Let me get caught up here. We should be at Kentucky 114. I think we got it. Here we I go. Think, no, that should be it. Should be an offensive play from Georgia. Oh, <laughs> he's got scrambled. All right, here's 113. Okay, yeah. So first and foremost, this isn't the same Stetson Bennett we saw in 2020 game in Alabama. He sees the field in three dimensions now. Windows for him are no longer on a horizontal plane. Uh, he uses trajectory to loft the ball over linebackers and in between safeties and defensive backs. Like he is a quarterback that you don't have limitations in the playbook with at this point. Um, that improvement is astonishing, and everyone on staff deserves a ton of credit for his development. But Georgia's passing game is capable of attacking every part of the field, and they do a lot of good work outside the numbers. Um, you can play this if you want. Josh Job is a DB that Georgia could, could take advantage from from any standpoint, really. Um, like, they can go out there and – you can go out there with, with A.D. Mitchell, who you're going to see here. You, you can do a lot of different things against Job. And Mitchell is a guy I have a question about on Saturday. Um, you know, he's had a, a little – like, there was a weird timing between him and Stetson last week, and Pickens is back. So, I would expect to see Pickens take some of those, uh, some of those reps from him. But, like, Stetson is in a groove with all these guys and targeted, you know – 11 wide receivers for completions against Georgia Tech on 20 attempts. Um, and I think the the thing in this game and where Mitchell has been key is moving the ball in those 8- to 15-yard chunks this year, and I expect him and McConkey to have some big catches on Saturday. Um, I look for for Georgia to take advantage of Harris and Toto early and often. Harris has been targeted 46 times this season and given up 36 receptions for 435 yards and five touchdowns. So I, I, I like, I look for Brock Bowers to feast, right? Like he, every time he gets on these linebackers, he should be ready to go. Uh, against Florida A&M and Arkansas, Harris gave up 13 catches for 15 or fit 13 catches on 15 targets for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Toto has a, a reception percentage this year of about 75%. Arkansas hit him four catches on four targets for 58 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I think an underrated thing that Georgia does well that no one really recognizes is throwing to the running backs. Even when it's just a long check down to the, to the sideline, these running backs catch well, and they do a great job making things happen after the catch. They haven't done it much because they haven't needed to, but I think they will use these types of throws, these kind of long outlets to, to Zeus and, and Cook and McIntosh and whoever's out there on Saturday for a few reasons. One, it's effective. Two, it gets your guys in one-on-one -on -one matchups. Three, Georgia can can take this and keep Will Anderson off balance. Uh, I think that Mockett has been saving James Cook since the Tennessee game, and he gave him a pretty light workload with vanilla play calling the last couple of weeks. It's because he knows Cook is the mismatch in a game like this. He's got the speed and the vision to make Toto and Harris pay for those run fits where they're just a split second late coming in from that inside linebacker spot. So I think you'll see him get a handoff and cut it against the play like he did here and possibly take it. Um, Mockin was feeding Cook last year in this game, 
before things got out of hand and Georgia had to abandon the run game. They also obviously uh, can match him up in the passing game, of course. They did it last year against Alabama. Anytime Georgia can get Cook on a linebacker in the pass game, it could be six points. We saw it at Tennessee. I know that everybody saw this play and was like, oh, that's the Alabama play again. Um, this is the Alabama play right here. A 82-yard touchdown pass, I think it was. Um, if, if you can get them in those man matchups, man, like it's – it's it's over like it's not over but i mean it's it's just a huge advantage he's such a weapon uh and then obviously he also has the ability to catch those angle routes and and get on safeties as well like i think that even on some of the the bama safeties i think it's still a huge matchup it's not as big a matchup as when he's on the linebackers but he can do that right there to a safety all day and take those for six so in the run game, I think Georgia will do its thing between the tackles and try and grind out little three- to four-yard gains. But like they have all year, the big gainers are going to have to come outside the numbers. Uh, a lot of times that just looks like Georgia's running backs bouncing some of these inside zone and split zone concepts outside. But uh, I think that, like, these Alabama linebackers, it's the worst Alabama linebacking core that I've seen and I don't know how long, you know, and I'm weary to say that because that was sort of the consensus going into the Georgia Alabama game last year was the Alabama linebackers are not very good and yada, yada, yada. And they look lost. And then all of a sudden they didn't look lost anymore. And uh, they made some really big plays and Georgia lost that game by 17 points. But I, I look at this team and I think, you know, there's a huge mismatch there. There's a big mass mismatch between Job and whoever whoever Georgia can get on him. I think that they can get on the safeties as well at times. Um, yeah, just across the board, I think that there are a lot of things that Georgia can take advantage of. And I think that Georgia needs to come out in this game and pass to set up the run. And I think if they can come out and pass early and effectively – that that will set up the run and that they might actually have some success on the inside run just because of how off balance Alabama's defense might be at that point. Yeah. You're, I mean, Henry toes have been targeted 34 times, zero pass breakups, zero INTs and a 46.8 uh, PFF grade and, and pass right. coverage. Um, and you can see, you know, we just highlighted the Georgia, you know, yards per reception on our linebackers. You can see that, this line, this group uh, doesn't have anybody close to that uh, secondary or linebacker wise. That's, that's holding, um, you know, wrapping up guys. And it's, yeah, it's, I mean, like that Henry toe toe, it's like, he's got to be targeted. Um, if, if they're going to target Brini, if he's out there, then toe toe, I'll take Brini over toe toe <laughs> right now. in a lot of these matches, I would agree with that. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll go along with that. And I mean, Mockin targeted him with Macintosh in the Tennessee game last year. I don't know if you remember that play. I oh, yeah. find it in our vault, but um, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. I just. Yeah, he had, had a bad game last year versus yeah. Georgia. Like, he's a thumper. If you run, you know, 22 dive at him all day, then he'll come up and flap your ass. But, like, he's not 
he's not a Channy Tindall. He's not an Akobe Dean. He's not a Quay Walker in terms of the way that he, he does not scrape and fill the way that those guys do. Um, he gets, you know, kind of lost a little bit in some of those run fits and he'll, he'll get washed out of the play sometimes. Yeah. Graham, I hope the, uh, the offense is more crisp than your, uh, your co-host today on some of these plays, but I have oh, you're a... good, bro. <laughs> it's freaking two know, o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I mean, let's just be happy we're getting some something out. Um, it's, I, I mean, I, I was I'm we got the point across, dude. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you've seen all this before. No, it is. Uh, I you know I've I have a, this like you know the, the whole bell curve from a statistician pretend to be at least you know and it's like I have this mm-hmm. it's it's almost like a, a I have a Munson curve and I think just today I I hit I, Munson's like behind me and I'm I'm down in I'm down in here in the uh, 2021 uh, defensive curve which has got me in pretty the excited positivity zone? in the, in the that... positive positivity zone so now I'm, nice uh, I you know I just you know I've been looking at his defensive numbers and it's just like. Even if I mean, there's going to be some regression, Georgia's going to give up some plays, and it's just uh, there. But it's just so good. I, I really hope that they can put an exclamation point on this on this season right now and go 13 and 0, win the SEC because this defense has deserved it. And anything less of that, obviously, would be disappointed. But I just think they're they're ready for this. This is the game they've been, you know they they've been practicing to beat everybody as as the t-shirts were printed to say. So so. What do you think is going to happen, man? Um, I think it's going to be my pred- score predictions, 27-21. Um, I think that both teams are going to be held below their season averages on points, yards, and successful plays. Um, you know, Georgia's, like I said, on defense averaging 19 successful plays allowed on defense. Alabama's uh, around 24. So I expect, you know, Alabama to probably have close 17-18 successful plays. And if we hold, you know, if, if you're talking about 0.6, Point seven of those lead to points. Um, you're looking at a you know 17, 18, 19, 20 point output by the Alabama offense, and and Georgia will be better than that. Um, I think our special teams are are gonna to give us some advantages both in the punting game. Um, I expect to be some some stressful times. Honestly, I think it'll be a close game, um, and we're gonna need all facets of the game, including Kamara to pin him deep a couple times. I don't expect a lot of aggressive fourth down calls. I think I think Kirby's going to be leaning on that defense a lot. Um, so hmm. I've taken the under and may, you know I'm going to say twenty. I'm going to say twenty eight twenty one just so I can take the. I'm going to lay the points the spread. Yeah, I that's that's interesting. Okay, that surprises me a little bit. Um, huh. You kind of just threw me off a little bit in terms of what I was planning on doing. You got me questioning myself a little bit here. Nah, um, you're, you're the expert, dude. I don't know about all that. I did um, say 45 nothing. I did say 45 nothing in the Tech game. So You did. You did. Exactly. So, I mean, shit. If you're right, then Georgia still wins. So, I mean, you know, that's good. Um, man, there's been part of me that, like, all week has gone through this and just because i want to like prove to people that i'm impartial uh it's been like let me find the thing that that will let me pick alabama in this game you know from a place of just honesty and good conscience. i can't find it though i can't um and that's just the reality like i you know 
I want to be right more than anything, more than proving to Alabama fans that I'm I'm not a homer. Um, it, Bama fans, I am a homer. So uh, I, I just, you know, man, I, I sat there and I watched that Arkansas tape over again. And Arkansas was able to do a lot to that defense, man. They were. And uh, it just – like, that that's not a team that's been a lethal passing attack all year. You know, I mean, like, they have they're, – they're not a super crisp timing-based passing attack. Like, they were just able to go out and kind of just beat Bama in one-on-one matchups and do enough in the run game at times to stay honest and – you know, all of a sudden they looked up and they, they put up 38 points. Um, so I think that the Georgia offense has been slept on all year. I think it's being slept on going into this game. Um, I think that in terms of Alabama, like, you know, what's the old quote when someone tells you who they are, listen. Um, and I mean, I think they've told us who they are against LSU, against Auburn, against Arkansas. I think that they are a very good football team. I don't think they're an elite or great football team. I think that Georgia, like, this game just feels to me like one of those situations where it's just going to be – there's going to be that spot somewhere where the dam just kind of breaks and Georgia's able to just make a couple – good plays or you know maybe it's a fumble from the backup running back that's not used to playing or maybe it's a turnover from Bryce Young like off of all this pass rush or maybe it's a strip sack but I think there's gonna be somewhere in here a sequence where like Georgia scores a touchdown turnover touchdown you know it just kind of creates that separation that that Bama's never really able to to go on a run and and put back um Without a run game, I just I think it's going to be hard for Alabama to avoid uh, three and outs. I think that you're going to see them go three and out a lot. I also think you're going to see some big plays, but like I just I think that you're going to see Georgia get a lot of possessions in this game, and uh, for that reason, I am going to go forty-one twenty-one. I like it. I know it's big, man. I keep being like, is this, well, you know, know what I mean? Like, you know, it just, I just like, I think Georgia should blow them out, man. I, you know, I I could see it being 41, 24, 45, 24, 38, 21, or, you know, somewhere in that range. But I think that Georgia can score into the high thirties or low forties on them. That's, that's, you know, if you're telling me there's going to be some three and outs um, that they're going to give us an extra possession, I, I can see getting into the thirties. I don't, you know, it's like Georgia's, you know, and granted, you know, a lot of these games of, you know, everyone garbage time is, is the, uh, the term of the year for sure. Talking about this right. offense and stuff. Um, I surely don't think that even if there is technically garbage time that Kirby will take his foot off the gas. But um, if you're telling me you can break through that ceiling of 30 successful plays a game, in this game, uh, that's pretty exciting to me. Yeah, because that definitely puts 38-41, that, that, that point total on the board. Um, I, I think this defense will contain it a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, the difference between 28-21 and 41-21 is not that, not that much. You know, that's a 
it's a fine uh, margin. It's a yeah. finer margin than a lot of people realize. I agree with you there. Um, so I think I think you know you. I got you thinking. You got me thinking. So I mean, I like your thinking a lot because <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be there. I don't want to be stressed. I want to. I want to. Are I wanna, you? I didn't realize that you're gonna be at the game. Yeah, I got uh, my good friend who's got Falcon season tickets is able to uh, actually get me in the nice. lower level, dude. So I'm pretty excited. Dude. Yeah. FTMF goes goes to the luxury box no it's just it's I'm just kidding, regular I'm it's kidding. just regular seats but no um, no that's that's awesome man that's that's gonna be a, a blast dude i'm happy for you yeah i'm um, jealous as hell but i'm super happy for you looking forward to it all right graham we're it's really way late uh you've got a flight to catch in the morning <laughs> guys we will be back uh to break this game down at some point uh it's the holiday we season. might even be back on friday to just you know oh yeah chat a little bit and make oh that'd be fun weekend yeah. picks or something if you want yeah we we should do that for sure and and uh um in the meantime keep share us follow us tweet, retweet us we appreciate you guys it's been a fun year i'm looking forward to a big game on saturday night graham appreciate all the hard work that you put in i mean you know we have appreciate you yeah we have over a thousand plays in our little play vault that we uh <laughs> that we go through and grand's probably seen every one of them five or six times at least so um it's probably true at this point actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right graham uh any closing thoughts before we uh shut us down tonight yeah uh my closing thought would be you know i've watched the tape and if this was a auburn helmet instead of an alabama helmet i would predict this game to be a you know, a pretty, pretty decent sized margin for, of a win for Georgia. And so I think like the psychological trick here is it's Alabama. So we're, we're not used to seeing Alabama get beat at all. You know, I mean, what they did at the end of that game last week was, it was spooky, right? Watch like the way they came back and won that game. It's like, Oh God. Um, It's just, I don't think this Georgia team lets you up once they get you down. And I think that, Stetson Bennett is going to be like, you know, I told you so guy of the, of the year of the century on Saturday night. Cause I think he's going to, I think he's going to ball out on Saturday night. I really do. Is he, um, is he your MVP? James Cook's my MVP. But yeah, I like James Cook I, or, or yeah, Bowers. James or, Cook or Bowers. Or, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that too. Um, it also could be Jalen Carter or Trevon Walker. Yeah, anybody on that defense, Tyndall. Um, I think one thing Georgia's been pretty good at this year is, like, when they do get to the quarterback, uh, a lot of times they are able to to knock the ball loose. There's part of me that wonders a little bit, Josh, to be honest with you. Um, and, I, you know, we wish nothing but 100% full health for, for everybody. But there's part of me that wonders if Bryce Young – will make it through this entire game if this there's a scenario where this goes a certain way and he's not in this game the entire time just because i think you just struck fear in everyone's heart with that because paul tyson is is hot (laughs) garbage i'm sorry like yeah yeah he's a he's bear bryant's grandkid man they pulled him they pulled him from the holder duties last week after he fumbled the the hold on a field goal attempt like He's he's not that dude. He's not the guy that's going to come in and uh, like start you know tearing up your defense and scrambling all over the place. He's he's no Jalen Hurts. Um, if he comes into the game, then 
Georgia just ends up getting a lot more sacks. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. I like it. Graham, big win for the dogs. I've got a uh, closer win in covering. Let's go. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk to you guys soon. Enjoy yeah, the man. game. And, and uh, thank you again, Graham. And go dogs. Thank you, Josh. Go dogs.